If you have your Bibles, I want you to, to uh, look at John chapter 4. And uh, we're going to be in 37 and 38. Then I want you to put your Bible marker right there. And then I want you to turn to Hebrews chapter 11. And we're going to be looking at verses uh, in, in chapter 11, 39 and 40. And then Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Okay, so you, you all can say amen to that. Because, oh, well, he's not going to take all day. But uh, it was good this morning. And last night we had uh, a service here of different churches that had mixed together. And the, the, this, the, the, the worship was good. The worship was good. Uh, but to me, the best part of that sermon, that, that uh, church last night was that sermon that the young man preached. It was just good sermon. Bradley Spiegel from River Church preached that. And it, it really was a good sermon. And it touched me. And God showed me something, though. But it didn't touch me any more than what Pastor Dree back there touched me Wednesday night. And so then I'm looking at the scale of this thing and the opposites and the contrasts. And then we come in here this morning. And when I got the telephone call, I knew what the telephone call was. So I didn't answer it because I already knew what it was. And that's truth. I'll stand before the Lord on, on this. And I knew it was going to be a call. And the call was, I'm not going to be there this morning. I already knew that. Okay. And so then, then so we're, we're coming in here this morning. And we had some things lined up, like there was an eight-minute uh, 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 video that was going to give you so that so this, this uh, 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 simulcast that we're going to have Wednesday, and they went together, huh, Saturday, that they went together, and it was going, it's, it's a day when we're just going to give to the Lord, and we're going to pray for this nation, and we're going to do some things. And like t tonight at five o'clock, we're going to be here from five to six. And that, that, that is growing too. And I'm really thanking the Lord for that. And from five to six, isn't it five to six, not six, seven, five, six. And, and we pray for the nation and we pray for our lawmakers because in, in about 40 days, we're going to have a big election and it's something that we're going to have to pay attention to. Yeah, everybody's invited, yeah. And so, you know, you can even invite other people from other churches. There's another church that's going to be with us. But but there's contrast, and I'm looking at things. And so then so then we, we have our, we have our uh, uh, Monday night uh, studies that we do for those who want to go into ministry, okay? And, and we got five different people that are teaching those classes. And, and we, have, we have men like Pastor Don Atkins right there that uh, uh, has not what you call uh, a real formal education. And, and yet, out of all of the men, there's five men. One's a doctor. He's Dr. Rippy. One's a doctor. And then we have Pastor Pickerel that's steeped in the Greek, I guess, if you're watching that. Hey, Pastor, I don't know. Anyway, he writes those words in Greek. And one of these days, he'll say, hey, you misspelled that. <laughs> I don't know if he has or not, but I'm going to tell him you misspelled that. Okay, and so then we have that, you know, and then you have me, and then you have uh, Brother Jagger, and there's five of us, and yet I was looking at that, and there's only one of us that's written any books at all, and that's Don Adkins. 
The doctor hasn't written any books, and the theologians haven't written any books, and I certainly haven't written any. Somebody, I think Tom said to me one day, he said, you ought to write a book. And I said, only he'd read it, and then he'd laugh. I'm going to write no book. Okay. So I look at that, and, and Brother Don there wrote three of them. Isn't it three? You got three? Huh? Two. Okay, working on the third one? Okay, there you go. But I'm looking at that, and God's showing me different contrasts. And what he's showing me is, is that I got a people here, I got a people here, I got a people here, and they're all serving me. And, and what he's showing me is, is that it's almost 180 degrees what he has. Now, see, like this morning's worship, <clears throat> I kind of like that. Because I like, have you been to Jesus for the cleansing power? I like that. But I know Sheila doesn't. Okay, now don't say a thing, Sheila. <laughs> she, Sheila, Sheila tells me it's cowboy music. And she's got boots on. She's a cowgirl. It's cowboy music. Okay. You, do you ever ride a horse? Okay. Just wondering. Okay. But you know, so, so just say to me, and they say that about you too, Tom. Okay. I'm just saying just so you'll know that, you know. And so we, we look at that. And so I, I look at the Scheme family back there and I know they really like that intensive worship stuff, you know, and it's really good. I like that too. <laughs> But me, just give me an old guitar and I'll sing this little light of mine. And y'all like that too. Took you back to your Sunday school days. Okay. And we need Sunday school again too, by the way. Teach young people to live for the Lord. But anyway, I'm sh God's showing me some things and I'm looking and God is showing me. He said, you know, if they'll let me, he said, I'll use all people. And he said, I'll use all the gifts. And he said, I'll use everything that that I want to use and I'm looking at that and I'm thinking you know what God in this last day is not going to leave anything out and I'm going to show you why and so so if you if you'll just bear with me for a little bit in John chapter 4 uh, in verses 37 and 38 and and uh, Jesus is teaching them that uh, say not four months then comes the harvest because he's saying the, the fields are already white for harvest, okay? And I'll just read that. He says in 35, do not say there are yet four months and then comes the harvest. Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields that they are white for harvest. Already he who reaps is re receiving wages and is gathering fruit for life eternal, that he who sows and he who reaps may rejoice together. Now watch this. For in this case, the saying is true. One sows and another reaps. Now look what he says in verse 38. I sent you to reap that for which you have not labored. Others have labored, labored and have entered and, and you have entered into their labor. He's saying other people did this. He said they sown this. He said, he's saying, say not four months, then comes the harvest. Now watch what he's going to say here. He's saying because there's been already a planting. And he said this planting has already taken place. And what you are going to do, he's speaking to the disciples and he's speaking to us, the church. And he's saying, you are going to reap what they have sown. How many of you get that? Because, because they haven't sown anything right now. And, <clears throat> and they're asking questions. 
and the Lord is teaching them any way that he can teach them. He's really teaching them like teachers teach that are creative. He's using parables. He's using different things that he may teach them. You know, he shows them the, the, the fig tree. I, I like that, the fig tree. I prayed with the group this morning, and I said, hey, we're fig trees. And what it is is that Jesus comes to the fig tree, and it's out of season, and he's upset because it's, it doesn't have fruit on it. People will say, well, it's out of season. It's not supposed to have fruit. Now, listen to me. Paul says that we are to be instant in season and out of season. So that, that, fr that fig tree looked like it was in season. And some of us look like we're in season. The Pharisee and the Sadducee and the Sanhedrin, they always looked like they were in season. But yet when somebody went to them for, for fruit or, or something to eat that was of God, they were out of season because they did not understand when Messiah came. And Jesus is saying, here's what he's saying. He's saying, that fig tree represents me that fig tree is who I am supposed to be. And so he says, I planted you here on this earth, Pharisee. I planted you here on this earth, Sadducee. And so you're that fig tree. And when people come to you, you're always out of season because you have nothing to offer. And so he's saying this. He says, now I'm going to curse that fig tree from the root up so that it doesn't. Now listen, deceive anyone any longer. Because there is deception in the world. How many of you understand that? And so that's what he's saying. He's saying, listen, he's saying, when you go to whoever represents me, there needs to be fruit. Can you say man? And so this church, we represent the Lord. You represent the Lord. When someone comes to you, do you represent Jesus? And can they find what they need in you that comes from the Lord? You, you can only answer that question. Or are you a deceiver? Answer the question inside yourself. Or are you a deceiver? Do you really not trust the Lord? Let's get back to what we're talking about. So he says this. He says, he says you are reaping what you have not sown. I've reaped a lot of things that I haven't sown. Anybody else by an uplifted hand say, you know what? I've reaped some things. I haven't sown them. It's interesting about reaping. In Galatians chapter five, uh, chapter six and verses six and seven, listen to what he says. He says, be not deceived. God is not mocked for whatsoever you sow that you shall also reap. He said, if you sow unto the flesh, under the flesh, you shall reap corruption. If you sow unto the spirit, he said of the spirit, you will reap eternal life. That's an amazing thing. He says, whatever you sow, you're going to reap. So, you know, but he's teaching me something here that I need to be sowing today in young people. I need to be sowing today in older people. I need to be sowing a seed right now that you're going to get to reap from. How many of you want to reap what I'm going to sow today? So if that be the case, don't you want me to sow something that's good so you can get a hold of that and say, hey, we're going to take that message and we're going to go with it. Bradley Spiegel preached last night. He said, you know what? We're the extended hand of God. Somebody needs to say amen to that. We are the extended hand of God. So Jesus is saying to these disciples, he said, now, he said, you are about to reap what some others have sown. And he said, they have labored 
He said, so say not there are four months. He said, because it's already been sown, and now it's time to reap what has been sown. And let's go over to the book of Hebrews right now, and let's look at it and see what it says. In Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 39, all these, and everybody say all these. When he's talking about all these Old Testament prophets, all these Old Testament saints, he's talking about all these Old Testament people who died in the faith. And he's talking about all of these people who sowed and never got to reap what they had sowed. Did anybody ever just read the book of Isaiah? That ought to be in the New Testament. Anybody ever just sat down and read the Psalms? That ought to be in the New Testament. Man, I'm just getting done with Jeremiah. I am so glad I'm done with Jeremiah. You know, and, and every time I read it, I get something else out of it. And every time I read it, I'm glad I'm done with it. Man, I'm glad I'm not Jeremiah. Jeremiah went through all kinds of stuff. I mean, God did not take it easy on that guy. And aren't you just kind of reading through Jeremiah and say, okay, at least sometime can there be some relief for this man? How would you like to preach and be a prophet for 30 years and no relief? Right? And his enemy wasn't the Chaldeans. And his enemy wasn't the Babylonians. His enemy was, was what we would call church today. His enemy was the Jewish people, was the, the false prophets. Now, let me give you a false prophet here. The pro false prophet comes in, and, and uh, the king, he, he says, uh, bring me in the prophets. So they, 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 the prophets come in. He says, now prophesy to me. And they prophesy, and they say, God's with you. And everything's good. And you're going to reap the benefits of this thing. <laughs> And then Jeremiah comes in. He says, no, it isn't. There's nothing good. He said, if you want to save yourself, he said, you need to leave this city. Because King Nebuchadnezzar and the Babylonians and the Chaldeans are going to come in here and they're going to destroy this place and everybody in it. So they put him in a pit. They didn't like it. So they put him in a pit. They did all kinds of things to him. They put him in jail. They put him in stocks. False prophet would come in. Man, sounds like today. Everything's good. You just name it, claim it, you get it. It's all good. Yeah. And, and so, you know, and the, and the kings, oh, they're feeling real good about this. And Jeremiah comes in, he says, no, it's not. He said, the Babylonians are going to come in here and they're going to overtake you and the Chaldeans are going to come in here and they're going to overtake you and if you don't get out of this Jerusalem right now, you're going to be in trouble because you're going to die. Now, listen to what he says. He said, here's how you're going to die. You're going to die by the sword. That's war. You're going to die by famine. He said, and you're going to die by pestilence. He said, you're going to die. He said, none of you will escape if you stay here. And, 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 and so, so then you look at that. 
And you say, well, I don't understand that. And so let me tell you what the message of that is. Is God was taking them into exile in to uh, uh, Babylon to save their life, not to kill them. Now, watch this. And a guy says to me one time, I said, hey, come to church with me. And he said, no. He was so religious. He said, the church is in Babylon. I said, praise God. God's got a church in Babylon. Amen. He's still got a church in Babylon. And we're living in Babylon right now. Do you understand what you see? And so has God made a provision? God's made a provision. How's he made a provision? He's made a provision through prophets who are true that will go according to the the written word. So now Jeremiah says, you know what? I'm done. That's it. You made a fool out of me too many times. He's talking to the Lord. He said, I'm done. He, He says something like this to the Lord. Don't you try this. I don't think it'll work for you. Lord, why are you so mean to me? He is. Lord, why do you treat me this way? Do you ever say that? You know, yeah, don't, don't be lying to yourself. Lord, one guy told me the other day, this is why I said to go, uh, the Lord, and I said, you be careful how you talk to God. I said, that sounds like arrogance to me. But anyway, anyway, he said, I'm done. Then you go over to Jeremiah 20 and verse 9. And after he says, I'm done, he said, but I can't stay silent. He said, because the Holy Spirit's inside of me. And he said, he feels like a fire that's shut up in my bones. He said, I can't stay quiet. He said, I'd love to stay quiet. There's times when I would love to stay quiet and not preach anything to you. And just come in here and do worship all the time so that you would just leave and feel good. But there's a word to proclaim. And the word is the word of the Lord. And what's the word of the Lord? Listen, we need to return to him. And we need to repent. And we need to turn from our wicked ways. Listen, it's not the world you need to be concerned about. You need to be concerned about what's happening in the church. And are we false prophets or are we prophets of God? Somebody say amen to that. I'll look at that. God's got a contrast. Hey, listen, because I'm old and gray, you young people, I'm not used up. Tom is light. You know, yeah, he didn't even know that song. He was putting his own words in there, and he telling me he's speaking in tongues. And he did good, didn't he? <laughs> but anyway, just, just to go along, it's a contrast. God is going to use what God is going to use in this day to accomplish what has already been sown. God has already sown, and now what he wants is someone to reap. Now watch this in Hebrews. All these, and when he said all these, all these men have died. Isaiah, Jeremiah, David. These, these, these scriptures could be put into the New Testament. All these uh, having gained approval through faith. They all died. They've all gained approval through faith. Isn't that amazing? Don't you want to find approval through faith? I do. I want my faith to be strong, man. I want my faith to be when I speak faith, God hears. Somebody say amen. I want my faith to get mixed in with somebody else who's got faith. And I want to get together with those and start to agree that God can do what God said he would do. 
Somebody say amen to that. God said he would heal you. Whether you believe that or not, it don't make any difference. If God said he'll heal you, he'll heal you. Somebody say amen to that. God said he would deliver you. If he said he would deliver you, it doesn't make any difference whether you believe it or not. He will heal you. Somebody say amen to that. And listen, there is a resurrection coming. And then there's a resurrection that's already taken place in you when you took the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. Now, whether you believe it or not, it's still true. Can you say amen to that? Now, there's a passage in, in Exodus, and I like this. There's a passage in Exodus that says this. It says, do not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. Ever, anybody ever heard that? Now, that word take right there means carry. Do not carry the name of the Lord your God in vain. When we read that scripture, the common use for that is don't swear. Don't swear. Listen, I'm going to tell you something that really bothers me is when people just say God and they're using it in any statement they want. Oh, God. Oh, God. You know, and do you understand that is not right? Do you understand the only time that you should use the name of God is when you're in reverence to God? You ever hear people say, oh, Jesus. Whoa, why? You do not understand how those, listen, do you understand that the name of Jesus is the name that's above all names? That the name of Jesus, just the very mention of his name, that men should bow before the Lord. You know what I did not do? I did not bow before the Lord before I preached this morning. I told him I would. Give me a moment here. Father God, we give you praise and we give you glory. And forgive me, Father, for forgetting. Because I told you I would bow before you. Before I spoke your word. So speak, Holy Spirit, in the name of Jesus. Amen. So, so what happens is, is the name. And he said, don't, don't take the name of the Lord your God in vain. And the common use of that is swearing. But that's not what that is. That word take right there means to carry. Do you understand that the false prophet was carrying the name of the Lord? When, 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 when uh, uh, David puts the cart, uh, I mean, when he puts the Ark of the Covenant on the cart, and, and uh, Uzzah just reaches out to steady that cart. And, and God killed him. And everybody's upset about that. But listen, you know, he already said, don't take my name in vain. Don't carry my name in vain. Do you understand the Ark of the Covenant was to be carried by the priest that had rods on their shoulders? And that was taking the name of the Lord. How many of you understand that? And he said, don't take my name in vain. And so when, when David put that Ark of the Covenant on that cart, he was taking the name of the Lord in vain. The word take means carry. Do you understand that every time that we go out and we say, thus saith the Lord, and it's not thus saith the Lord, we have taken the name of the Lord our God in vain. He said, don't take his name in vain. 
Don't take his name in vain. When, when you're speaking the name of the Lord, don't, don't carry his name. We carry his name in vain all the time and not realizing what we're doing it because we don't understand that scripture. And that scripture says, when you speak for God, you are carrying his name. He said, don't take it in vain. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something that's taken in vain all the time is when we preach that God doesn't heal in this day. That is taking the name of the Lord God in vain. When we preach that God doesn't deliver anymore, then listen, that's taking the name of the Lord our God in vain. When we preach that there's no such thing as a resurrection, that's taking the name of the Lord our God in vain. Let me tell you the biggest one, though, is when we say this, that there's another way to get to heaven except through Jesus. There's another way. How many of you know there is no way to go to the Father but through the Son, and that is the only way? And there's no other way. And I know some of you, I can tell by your faces, you're having a little difficulty with that. But I understand something. Jesus is the sheep. He, I mean, is the shepherd. He is the doorway. And so that is carrying or taking the name of the Lord our God in vain. How come we don't see those things? Because, listen, we're not preached those things. Now I'm going to preach something to you that you need to hear so we don't carry it wrong. Can you say man? Okay, so we have these Old Testament saints, and all of these gained approval through faith. Amen? And faith. It was faith. And listen, they didn't get to see the benefit of what they did. They didn't get to see the benefit of what they did. You know what? You might pray never getting to see the benefit of your prayer. Now, you, that sounds discouraging to you, but don't let that be discouraging because if you're praying for the next generation and you're praying for the next generation, you're sowing into the next generation, you might not get to see what they reap, but they will reap. Pay attention. They will reap what you have sown. And if you sow unto the Spirit, unto the Spirit they will reap. If you sow unto the flesh, unto the flesh they will reap corruption. Understand this one thing. If ever there was a generation that is targeted like never before, it's the young generation that's growing up now. So how do we take care of them? Look at your hair. It's getting gray. You did not see what she did to me. I said, look at your hair, it's getting green. She goes, I don't talk to me. I'm trying to preach. Here we go. She's having conversation here about hair. But, but look at your hair. And we, as it's, well, you don't have any. I understand that. He's going, okay. But, but look at your hair. It's growing gray. That doesn't mean that you're ready to die. That means that God is using you now in a different way than he's ever used you before. And what he's doing, he's saying, take the gray hair that you got. It's a symbolism of wisdom. It's a symbolism of understanding. Listen, if you younger people want to understand some wisdom, grab a hold of the Toms and the Jerry's right there and the Bruce's and, and the Marie's. Grab a hold of some of these people. You know what I used to tell our young people? Remember what I used to tell my young preachers? Watch this. Stand up. Here's what I used to tell my young preachers. When you know there's a man that's anointed, what do you do? Come on, what do you do? Just do that. And preachers come into our church and our young guys are rubbing and they don't. They're going. Man, old guy's away, he'd just rub on old, old Woodson. 
I mean, you, you know, say, just go ahead and rub on those guys. And I'll tell you why, because there's an anointing that'll impact those young people. Your hair's turning gray. That's okay. It doesn't mean that your life is over and God has ended it. What it means is now you are to sow into the next generation. And if we sow what we're supposed to sow, they will reap. Somebody say amen to that. Uh, Jesus is saying to the disciples, he said, say not four months, then comes the harvest. He said, because they have sown this, he said, and what they have sown is now ready to be harvested. And what did they sow? They sowed the cross. They sowed Jesus Christ, the Messiah. And when he came, the Pharisee did not recognize who he was because they was taking the name of the Lord their God in vain and never even knew who he was when he came. Do you understand that? I mean, he says they would read the scripture. Do not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. Do not carry his word as a soldier of the cross and not believe it. And when Messiah came, they did not recognize him. It's an amazing thing. I'm having a little bit of a problem with a couple of young men who just love going to the Messianic synagogue because that's the answer. And I'm saying, listen. They need to point you towards Jesus Christ. And some, so one of the young men said, the law is holy. I said, it is holy. The law is holy. Do you hear that? You're watching this morning. The law is holy. Because it showed me that I was a sinner and a transgressor. And so when it showed me that I was a sinner and a transgressor, that should have led me to the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why the law was holy, because it showed me who I was, but it wasn't going to save me. I needed a Savior. I need a Savior now. So we're coming to the end of this, and everybody said, amen. I, finally get, I didn't even get an amen out of that. Let's try it again. I'm coming to the end of this. Oh, preach. Okay, another five, ten minutes, or another hour. Amen. Well, I like older people. So they sowed. And I'm saying to the older people, sow. And then I'm saying to you middle-aged people who still got hair, okay, you middle-aged people, listen to me. Sow, sow, sow. I've laid hands. You know, you know, Noah's not here, but Noah was a little bit short guy. And it, it always bothered me short. He just bothered him. And I said, you know what, Noah? I'm going to lay hands on you, and you're going to grow. And so he said, okay. And I laid hands on him, and I spoke growth into that. Now he's the tallest one in his family. And he's still not satisfied. And I said, well, why is that? No, he said, why didn't you do it earlier? But God answers prayer. Now, this is so. So, so you know, you want to sow, and sometimes you're not going to get the results in this life. But if you will sow, listen, the results will come. So Jesus says, he says this, he says to the disciples, you are reaping what you have not sown. These Old Testament saints, they sowed and they sowed. Who were they sowing into? The disciples. Who were they sowing into? The church today. Who were they sowing into? They were sowing Christ into us. He, they were sowing, they were sowing 
Christ into those Pharisees so when Christ came, they would recognize him. Listen, we're sowing today. Do you recognize Jesus in your life? Because I'm going to finish this up real quick. Now look what it says in, in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 40. Because God had provided something better for us. Everybody say us. So that apart from us, they should not be made what? Perfect. Look at verse, look at chapter 12, verse one. Therefore, everybody say therefore. So whenever you see that word, therefore, that means that you have to look at the previous verses. Because now what he's going to do, he is going to give us the, the results of the verses that he has just spoken. And so what he says here, he said, all these having gained approval through faith did not receive what was promised because God had provided something better for us. That's Christ. That's the cross. So that apart from us, they should not be made perfect. Now look what he says in, in chapter 12. Therefore. Since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us. How many of you see that? They're surrounding us, people. And they're cheering for us. Those Old Testament saints, they're cheering. And they're saying, get after it. Get after it. Go after it. We sowed, now you reap. We sowed, you reap. Because they're saying this, because apart from you, the Old Testament cannot be made perfect. Apart from the New Testament, the new covenant of God, then the old covenant, it remains incomplete. But boy, when, when that old covenant came to an end through Malachi, Malachi's got one scripture verse right at the end that says this. He said, he's going to bring back the hearts of the fathers to the children. He said he's going to bring it all back together. He's going to heal our land. I am taking God's word on that, that while we are here, our United States of America will, will be a sovereign nation and will be a free nation. Can you say amen to that? And we'll take it to the word. Listen to me. I want you to hear this. And so that old covenant, if it hadn't have been for what those Old Testament saints had had. Uh, 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 sowed for us it would have been an incomplete covenant but what happened was when that old covenant came to an end there was a new covenant that took place and what was the new covenant the new covenant was Jesus Christ the son of God came from heaven and he came to this earth and when he came to this earth, the son of God, he emptied himself of deity. How many of you understand that? He emptied himself of deity. He took on the likeness and the appearance of a man. And here this man, perfect in God, walks according to the will of God. Somebody say amen to that. And became the perfect Passover lamb that was to go to Calvary for you and I and when that lamb Jesus Christ went to the cross and nailed the robe of humanity to the cross took all of our sins and placed them on himself when he went to the cross and he died there for you and I listen what that cross did was take that old covenant and spanned it over to the new covenant and it became one covenant somebody say amen and 
the covenant is the blood of Jesus that cleanses us from all of our unrighteousness. And that's what Jesus was saying to the woman at the well. She said, who is this man? He said, you're looking at him. Can I give you one more point? Let's stand and let me give you this point. In John chapter 9, in John chapter 9 and verse 35, Jesus affirms his deity. But here's what I like in John chapter 10 and verse 30, he asserts his deity. You want to take this, Matthew, if you would? And Doris, would you come to the piano? He asserts his deity. He affirms who he is in nine. And he heals the blind man. And the blind man said, boy, I said, do you, and Jesus says, do you believe in the son of God? He said, I'll believe in him if I could meet him. And Jesus said, I'm him. And he took the Lord as his savior. But then in chapter 10, when he's before them Pharisees, he asserts who he is. And he lets them know he's the Christ. Listen, here's, here's two things that I want to leave you with. Number one, I want to leave you with this. What those Old Testament saints sowed, we're reaping. Praise God. Now listen, what we New Testament sow is going to be the victory for the generation to come after us. It really is. So can I leave you with this? Don't take the name of the Lord your God in vain. Don't take the name of the Lord your God in vain. And you say, Pastor, I don't swear. I know you don't. But when you go to the restaurant today, I liked what Brad said yesterday. He said, when you go to the restaurant today and you run into that waitress, is she going to go back in the back room and cry because of the way you treated her? Because if she is, you just took the name of the Lord your God in vain. The kingdom of God is within us. We're the church. The kingdom of God is within us. Listen, I'm going to tell you something. After this heart surgery, I am not the same man. And every night, I say, God, I don't want to go back one day, but go forward. That's, I, that's all. I, you know, I feel new. I told my wife, I said, I don't know how long I'm going to live. This was yesterday. I said, I don't know how long I'm going to live. But I know this. I'll serve every day for the Lord. Every day. I'll not become a judge. And if I do, I say, Lord, forgive me. Listen what I'm going to tell you. I have been guilty of taking the name of the Lord, my God, in vain. Have you been guilty of that? Because if we would get down deep inside, we're saying, we're guilty. What's the, what, what, what can we do about it, Lord? Repent. And do not take his name in vain no more. He said, do not take. And that word take means what? Carry. He said, do not take. Do not carry his name. Because when you carry his name in vain, you become a false prophet. How many of you have a desire to see this next generation just hot for God?
Tom, we get to do it. Well, Tom and I, we don't bend very good anymore. <laughs> when we first start praying, we bend okay, didn't we? But we don't bend very good anymore. But we still get down on our knees. Now, we might have to help each other up. We, we don't know which one's going to get up first. But we still get down on our knees. Now, we got to be careful now when we get down on our knees because they bought a new dinette set that's on wheels and that chair will just shoot out. You got to hold on to the altar. Hold on to the chair, man. But you know what we do? We pray. Now, we might not get to see some of those things in this life, but we're sowing. Are you sowing? Could we raise our hands this morning? Because I talk all day. I told Brad Spiegel, I said, you better run up there and get that mic. My son won't shut up. Could you just wave your arms like this a little bit? Now, see what you're doing is stirring the anointing. Now, I want you to do something for him. Just close your eyes and just think on God. That's it. And you're just stirring that anointing. <laughs> Some of you start to weep. Some of you got smile. It's just stirring the anointing. Somebody says, is that real? That's more real than anything in this earth. Stir the anointing. Paul said to Timothy, he said, Timothy, don't neglect the gifts that's inside of you. And he said, stir the anointing.